and welcome to one of my favorite episodes that we do. It's the debrief where we take a deep dive into Brentford 1, Aston Villa 2. We take a look at average positions, passing networks, stats, the still graphics. We go really in depth and take a look at what actually happened. But just going to whisper something into the microphone. If Aston Villa win on Friday, we go top of the league going into the weekend before Christmas. We go top of the league if we beat Sheffield United with Arsenal playing Liverpool. A draw would see Aston Villa top at Christmas. Now, if that's not a reason to subscribe to this channel, drop this video a like and comment your thoughts. I don't know what is. We're going big. I want a thousand likes on this episode. Up the villa. So let's go in depth then. Let's have a look. Let's have a look what we saw. What? How did we play? What were the good things? What were the bad things? So let's get straight on in there then at... The way we set up, especially in the first half. So, what you've got on your screen is generally the average positions on where we played, what we did, and who did what. Um, and really, in the first half, I've said on both episodes now, I wasn't thinking it was the greatest. We created numerous amounts of chances. We didn't take them. We lacked conviction. Um, there were two areas, especially in the first half, that I would highlight to why I didn't think we were as good as we can be. And it was this area, this area, and this area. We just lacked that bit of control. We were a little bit too loose. Um, Cash was wanting to get into a good area and then he would dribble into that area and it was heavily congested. There was a lot of backwards passes and the one area that he didn't want to go down, which is the area that I think we probably should have exploited more, would have been down to the byline and getting those cutbacks. It just didn't work. It just didn't work. And I think that was a bit of a problem for Aston Villa in the first half, another area where I felt like we were a little bit loose and maybe it's understandable was Ramsey's role. But one area that we didn't really get too much joy would be from Powell to Ramsey. That pass wasn't on. But what we saw in the second half is that pass became on and there was a better network between Aston Villa's forward line Felt first half, Villa's right-hand side, so this area, wasn't as effective as what it could have been. And I think the passing networks will kind of show you that tale. So this was Brentford's first half passing network, or lack of. But one thing that they were doing well is on transition. They were getting it upfield pretty, pretty quickly. That was probably to do with Villa's shape on how we were so advanced and territorially we were pushing. But we were, they played through us quite easy. You know, on transition, they played through our midfield, they bypassed our midfield, and they got joy. And 
it was a bit of a problem for Villa. Second half, we started to get more control. If we go to the passing network for Villa's first half, you can see that Torres to Ramsey, there's no network. And you can also see on our right-hand side with DRB and Cash, there's no network there at all. So to create a network, you need to have a minimum of five passes. So every line is a minimum of five passes. So first off, there's been five passes from Martinez to Torres. Whereas you can see here on Villa's right-hand side, Cash to anybody, there wasn't five passes. Diaby to anybody, there wasn't five passes. So that was a real problem for Villa because we were predominantly attacking down that right-hand side. If I show you the network now in the second half, you can kind of see the tail of the game. Look at how Torres now has a network of five or more passes to Ramsey, five or more passes to Watkins. And then the right-hand side already, remember Cash was substituted, Cash has got five or more passes to DRB, and DRB's got passes from Carlos to DRB, DRB to Ramsey. So already there was that network in that second half. So I think that highlights to me the problems that we were having first half compared to second half. The network just looks loads better in the second half. And I think that's a, a tale of, of what actually happened. Brentford's passing network in the second half looks slightly better as well with not, uh, Norgard getting on there. Um, so I think you can see that their network got slightly better. But from a Villa's point of view, you can clearly see that that network looks a lot better than what that one does. So I think that to me shows that we adjusted in the second half. And the introduction of Bailey just helped that because it's head up Bailey. He's looking conviction-wise. He's looking to get his head up. Um, and I just felt like those were areas that we needed to improve on. Areas that I'm really pleased with and areas that I'm massively impressed with is something that I've wanted to see from Villa. And we've spoke about this, you know, especially in pre-season when we were doing summer series episodes saying that the evolution of Villa are with three centre-halves now. Like this area now is just so good. It's like locked down, isn't it? Pau, Carlos and Conte is just so good. You know, I'm so, so impressed with this. The, the offside trap is brilliant. It's, you know, it got them offside numerous times and it's just working an absolute treat. But I just want to give praise to, you know, these three centre-halves because it's important what they're doing. You know, there were so many times in the second half where I was looking at Aston Villa's shape and and we were, we were sort of boxed in here now. You know, the shape was looking more like this it was just so congested but you know we'd got sort of three center halves in their half you know our three center halves were penning them in and and that's a testament to this back three because what it enables us to have is that when they sort of want to attack in their 5-3-2 they will leave their two center two two attacking players up but in this system we've got three players that can deal with that so that highlights where we we are having more strength and, and a physical presence up top uh, at the back when when they're attacking. And I, and I just think that this is just really, really good from Villa. What you see with Man City and Arsenal and, 
and Liverpool is that they leave two. So they're leaving two. And I'm not sure like the two. Look, it's evolution. We may evolve to have a two, but with the three, I just feel a little bit better. I just feel a little bit better. If we ever did go with the two, you'd probably know you'd have Kamara in there screening anyway. But that would probably be the next step for this defence to evolve is to, to push on another player and go with just a two at the back. But I think for now, let's just stick with the three because the three is working really, really well. And I've got to give you know credit to that. Um you know, and, we, and it is working well. So Martinez as well, I've got to give him massive praise because in the last few games, he's made some big, big saves. Maybe too many big saves for me because if he's having to produce these big saves every game, I know that's what he's paid to do, but there's a couple of them that are a little bit like, look, we can't keep giving them chances away. It's good that we've got a keeper that can make them saves, but he needs massive credit, but we need to stop them big chances that they're getting. Uh, is it Damsgaard who had his one? I think we need to stop them chances. So all in all, the defence, I've got to give big praise to because they're doing really, really well. And I think Moreno came in and did a good job as well. More minutes and he'll be doing even better. So, you know, shout out to that. So what else have we got stat-wise to show you? We have got some average positions here to show you. So this was the Aston Villa average position. So you can see that three, look how high they are. You've got Moreno sort of in that mix as well. Double pivot of Kamara and McGinn. Another little one to, to caveat with this. Some of you might have noticed that it had switched around. Normally it's Kamara on the right and Dougie on the left. But we had Kamara on the left and McGinn on the right. So that was a little interesting tactical setup that we saw something different um, against Brentford. You got cash number two advanced, uh, Ramsey advanced, Watkins advanced, and DRB at the same time. Christmas tree formation from Brentford, quite narrow. Um, they defended well, to be fair. I think they defended pretty, pretty well. Um, and then we've got the expected threat and match dominance. And you can see in that second half, those two, especially the spike, the spike's good. You want to see a big spike, but you also want to see with width as well. So you see the second one, it was prolonged for a longer period of time and had sharp spikes in there as well. So that's something brilliant that we want to see. Our expected threat was 6.65 compared to their 0.98. And then you've got Villa attacking predominantly through the centre and then the shot map inside the 18 and outside. And those are where they had their chances to cut back the header uh, in and around the penalty area. So all in all, pleased with the reaction, pleased with the victory. It was a good away victory. Hopefully it gives us confidence now that we can start going and controlling these away games. Right. Let's get into the graphics then. Let's have a look at what we saw uh, with the still images then. So we have got, let's go first one. We will go with this one. So for their goal, we seem to be defending this okay. If if I look at it, um, you know, you're thinking, okay, we've not really got, we've kind of got first contact, contact but it's gone to the, the penalty area. You're looking at Moreno thinking, okay, you've, you're marking that player. What you don't want him to do is go in there and get ahead of you. If you're not aware that he's there, 
You should be aware that he's there. But Moreno just sort of gets a bit flat-footed. Um, the player gets in there and, and scores. And, you know, you, you, you've got to be looking at that thinking, we should defend that better. You know, you, you know the man's there. You know the player's there. Do better. Don't get beat by this ball. And that's what happens. And, you know, it's, it, it's a poor mistake, really. Not sure what Thomas Frank saw in this to say that it wasn't a red card. I mean, your studs are up. Your studs are completely up. You've hit his shin. You've gone in on his shin. I don't see how that's not a red card. It's a red card all day long. Another thing that you've got to caveat into it as well is that the force that it's going in there with, it's dangerous. It's reckless. It's a red card. And I just I said in the match reaction, I don't like the player. Really don't like him. I think he's gonna he's gonna hurt someone one day really bad. I mean he hurt Wesley, didn't he? But you know, he he's gonna break somebody's foot or leg or he's gonna do some serious damage here. So yeah, really dislike it. But then what we can see from when the introduction of Bailey came on and Brentford defend this really well. We spoke about this on the match preview, how they always defend with a three. So it will always be the eight that comes in to help defend as well, whether it's on this side or the opposite side. And unlike someone like Cash in this instance, Bailey will bide his time and always stand that player up and will get that ball in there. Interestingly, that I think what I noticed from the game as well, and I think they've been told this from memory, is that don't just cross the ball into the box aimlessly. It's got to be a delivery with conviction. You know when so many times it goes out wide and, and you're thinking somebody normally would cross it? We don't do that. We only deliver when we believe that it's the correct ball to deliver. And I think this was brilliant from Bailey. You know, he's standing the three of them up. He's, he could take the easy pass on, but he doesn't want to do that. His first thought is, what can I do? And he sort of drags them to the inside. So he, he's kind of dragged these players in here because you can see this player, this first player, his body position is sort of like, he's not standing him up anymore. Bailey sort of sold him a little bit that he's got to kind of go back in for that sort of Challenge where he just lifts his leg out. You've got another player with his leg out as well, sort of like that back leg. So he's done these players here. And, you know, you can see that we've got uh, Moreno in this area here. So you've got Moreno, unmarked, back post, get the ball in. As long as it's a good delivery, you're going to get a chance there. And just like against um, Zerinsky, you know, we had back post Trez all them years ago. We now got back post Moreno. And it's just a beautiful ball. It's just an absolute beautiful ball from Bailey. It's 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 sensational. It's it's a delivery of the highest order. And, I mean, even in that position, he, Moreno's got work to do to finish that. Um, so it's a really, really good goal. And then I'm not sure what Bailey was doing. I'm not sure every thought... We were shooting in the opposite goal, but he puts this ball with a load of pace on it to Martinez. And from that moment, that's where that problem was caused with Martinez and, and Malpai. 
Um, and then we've sort of got the goal here, another goal here. And what I really liked about our set pieces, and shout out to Austin McPhee, needs massive praise, is that this one was always on. We've seen, I can't remember what the game was, but we've seen this before where McGinn sort of twists and, and he, he sort of so, sells this player. So our setup from these corners was absolutely brilliant all game. So good, so creative, inventive. There's, there's, I just love our set pieces. He's brilliant. And now Forrest have got a set piece coach. And I think we've been sort of like top bracket of getting McPhee. I think McPhee's, you know, top scale uh, set piece coach, really. So, you know, you've got the short corners, you've got players that are on the edge of the box, you've got runners, you've got everything. And, you know, we must be an absolute nightmare on these set pieces. And it was a great header from Watkins doing really well with his head now as well. Really think that was a really good and well-taken goal. Um, and we found out that he was abused from somebody in the crowd as well. So, um, yeah, hopefully they can find that person, ban them, get rid of them, and, yeah, job done. So we were 2-1 up and looked like we were completely cruising uh, from that moment. And then from this moment when... Well, I mean, what happens is there's one period where... This causes a bit of drama, but actually Kamara sort of pulls somebody's shirt down, tries to pull him up, you know, and he's he's okay there, Kamara, but this just embrawls this so ridiculous what happened. And, you know, Martinez, just probably just leave him alone. Um, and then we've got shout out to our man, Unai, pulling Martinez away. Unai was fantastic in this. And, you know, he was just really, really good. And then, Kamara gets sent off. But what I will say about Unai, and again, the man needs massive praise, is that he is just a good guy and he wants the game to be refed properly. And he never says a bad word about any ref. He give he, he respects them. And unlike some who mouth off all the time about refs and look to blame. I think Unai just is just fantastic, and he spoke about how after the game that he didn't like how we we reacted, and he doesn't want to see that in his team. And I think Unai is just creating a culture at Villa, and he's creating this this style, and not even a philosophy. This this mentality of 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 be good players, be respectful, be humble, um, and all of these values that Unai is creating are just going to, in the long run, just create Villa with this culture for the future when new players come in. And it's just the brand of Unai. And, and I really just want to praise that because we, we see on the pitch what Unai does, but do we really see the values that he's giving these players? And it's like a parent, isn't it? You know, when you've got a child and you try and you try and do well for that child. You try and do the best you possibly can and bring them up to be the best human that they possibly can be. And I think Emery's doing that with our players. And, you know, we will we will start to see this as we grow as a club and, and grow under Unai. And then we'll really start to see the best out of this because up until today, like I've thought about this in the past, that our sort of, Red cards, we don't really get that many. We're quite a fair team. We, 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 you know, we know pushovers, but 
you know, we 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 value the game well, and and I think that's coming from our manager as well. And you know, some people probably wouldn't even think about what Unai's teaching them as a, as a person, and I think that's all the the great signs of a great leader, but it's also the signs of a great human. And I think Emery is that, you know, he's dragging players. He's trying to calm that situation. And why did he get a yellow for that? Was it for going on the pitch? But I think if the refs lost control, it's not, it shouldn't be Unai's job to try and get control of the game. That's what the refs meant to do. So I just said, and you could see when um, he gave him the yellow and the ref was talking to Unai that, um, you know, the, the, the fourth official was like nodding his head, you know, trying to sort of like bargain with the ref a little bit. So I think the ref lost control, lost control of the game, which then meant that those type of things were happening. But um, yeah, I just thought I'd just touch on Unai in that because I think, you know, you see some managers react in certain ways and and, and that's not Unai. And um, yeah, it's just great, great to see Unai doing Unai things really. So yeah, I think I've got through everything, all the stats, tactical pad, all of the images. Um, and I'm just really pleased that we managed to get the victory and we managed to win. And yeah, we, we've, uh, yeah, Friday is going to be interesting. Um, one game at a time, one game at a time. With that game, we're top of the league. So, yeah. What a Christmas present that would be. What a Christmas present that would be. Um, but you know, as a fan, I'm just I'm just look, I'm just absolutely loving it as a Villa fan and you know, loving the way we the way we're going about things, loving the fight, loving the loving the belief. That that's what I think I'm loving a lot of. That the belief, like when we were watching it and we were we were one nil down, like yeah, I was getting a bit frustrated with how we were playing, but there's always that belief that we're gonna we're gonna score, we're gonna do something. We got players to that can come off the bench and and impact the game. And um, yeah, I'm just absolutely loving it. Like you all are, really. It's just absolutely amazing. And I guess my beard is getting longer. It's getting longer, but I can't get rid of it until oh, I don't know until I don't know when. But um. I'm going to look like Jenny Knack at the end of the season, aren't I? Uh, but, yeah, it's just been great. And, yeah, cheers, everyone, for supporting the channel, all of the kind words. Shout out to the guy in the cinema that I saw that said he loves the channel, etc. cetera. Uh, cheers, mate. Um, but, yeah, just thanks, everyone, for all of your support and help and helping me grow the channel, helping me get involved and etc so if you can just keep helping out liking the videos um there's some funny um christmas advent calendar shorts coming out on tiktok tiktok's going off so if you don't follow us on tiktok um drop us a follow on there up the villa so we've got a bit of a shorter week so um we've got match preview tuesday predicted lineup wednesday Opposition preview Thursday. That's already recorded. Already done that one. So that's definitely done. Uh, so there probably won't be a presser. Uh, it'll just be those three episodes. Um, and yeah, then we'll have a fan cam. Hopefully, it's a happy fan cam. But yeah, up the villa, everyone. Cheers for your support. 
you're all legends up the villa.